Avengers, look. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It's Marvel versus DC. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Men and I Sell Comics Podcast. Excelsior. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of this episode and introducing our special guest crossover episode co-host. What is this, a crossover episode? He's on the phone, too. It's true. But so Crossed wires. All right. And he's in Jersey, so it's, you know... Kind of across, across the state line. Yeah. I am on a landline, boys. Okay. He's there. We know what he's there. Okay. Wait for your introduction. Go ahead, Peter. <laughs> all right. Before we get into all that good stuff, we want to tell you at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Go for it. First off, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Marvelists. Give us a like ski, a follow ski, a whatever ski on there. Give us a follow individually, myself, at Peter Melnick, on Twitter and Instagram, and Peter Melnick Podcaster on Facebook. And yourself, Eddie? A jet ski. Oh, on Instagram at Eddie9193. You ever see those jet skiing squirrels, by the way? That's... No, just humans. Well, That's enough. Uh, water skiing. The water spout water coming out the back. Oh, okay. The best. But you can also drop us a line in our email bag, because we don't get to mention it that much. It's in the description, but... I digress. Mm. The Marvelous at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, pictures of Spider-Man, love letters, longings, and stuff. Post-its. Like I, I, oop, I like that one. But okay. you're scanning a post-it note, then. I don't get it. Am I endorsing a brand? If you want to. I'd like a case, please. That's just a terrible thing to get comped for. Post-its rule. The original, not any fabricated, made-up other ones. This is like the most adult conversation I've had in months. <sighs> it's about time. How dare you. Anyway, also, you can listen to us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including iTunes, where you can rate, review, subscribe, and sunny and share. <laughs> if you are ever so inclined. Yes, agree. But much like the ice cream machine at McDonald's, four stars and below just doesn't work. So I'm going to have to talk to the manager about that one. I think so. You can also listen to us on a wide variety of iOS and Android devices, including the apps for TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, among many, many others. Mm. As long as you have an RSS feed, hey, we're there. But speaking of Stitcher, by the way, John mm. Q. Stitcher wants us to tell you at home, go to www.wolverinepodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And get one free month of Stitcher Premium. Free. And you can listen to Wolverine the Long Night and, of course, Wolverine. The Lost Trail. Which is the brand new serialized audio program written by comic book writers featuring a wonderful all-star cast and you can listen to it, like I said, for the first month for free. And it's only four ninety nine a month afterwards. Mm-hmm. 499 pennies. Don't send that to them because that's just really dumb. Just, they won't like you for that. Yeah, just do, you know, digital pay. And the future is now. So, yeah, WolverinePodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And get one free month of Stitcher Premium. Cancel at any time if you want. If you can cancel it during that 30 days, you won't get billed. Oh, my God. Mine, too. Yes. So, Eddie. Peter. This is a crossover episode, and 
Wait, Eddie? Peter? Dr. Scott? <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Eddie, you're going to do the introduction. That's a lot of cross. Okay. You might not have heard from him for a while, but hopefully with the multitude of seasons that's been on, AMC, Comic Book Men, maybe they should have given him a better slot than very, very late, but we have our own, their own, Mike Sapsic on the phone. Mike, thanks for joining us. Oh, my God. I think I hung up. <laughs> what a long intro. No, I'm, I didn't. I'm still here. How are you doing, folks? That's inappropriate. Uh, I think we Peter, deserve that. Eddie, thank you for uh, having me on. Uh, no, I didn't hang up. I am still here. Good. And this is are, why, uh, you know, quite charming. this is why part of him is you can't shut down the cup. That's another thing he does himself, but he bleeds over to this one. So there you go. That's perfectly fine. That's how he got me on here. He just wouldn't stop calling. All right. He says, all right, I'll do it. Just let's set it up already. Yeah, yeah seriously, just stop calling here, for God's sake, Peter. Wow. Perseverance, Peter Melnick. There we are. Okay. Perseverance, Peter. There you go. Very alliterative. Pestilence is more like it, I think. Pestering. Okay. How dare you, well, sir? Yeah, you didn't have to go there. Oh, some cases I, mean, I I'm do. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I, I did. <laughs> I'm the elder here, so, you know, he has to take it, or at least hear it. Okay, so, where do you want to begin? I don't deserve this kind of abuse. All right, I deserve a little bit. (laughs) Ding! So, since the last episode we've been doing, we're continuing into the month of August, because schedules sometimes are absolutely terrible in regards to setting things up with our release schedule. And they conflict. Yes, they convention flicked. Mm -hmm. But... We want to continue our Marvel versus DC month, and what better way to do an episode about crossovers than crossing over into I Sell Comics Land? And yes, I realize TV's Ming Chen is not here today, but we are joined. The real brain, the real brains behind the operation is. So there you go. Very nice. I like the way you think. I've known you like as a one as a podcaster, two as a TV personality, and three as just a comic book fan in general. And your knowledge of this stuff is damn near encyclopedic to the point where my friend Jared would message you on Facebook from time to time asking you for, what was the last time Batman did this and this? And you had the answer immediately. I'm like, <laughs> that is damn good. Uh, it just comes from being old and having like one of those really stupid memories for idiotic things, but I can't do stuff in the real world. Like the, did I take my blood pressure medicine this morning? I don't remember. But fuck it, I remember what uh, what the Griffin did in Marvel Team-Up number 35 to the Beast and Spider-Man. So there you are. Well, what did he do to the Beast? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was just horrible. It was, uh, he grew a tail, for one thing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go to, try doing that. It's not easy. Not unless you're of a lizard no, type. Not really. Not really. Um, but... Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I try to help out my fellow nerds whenever I can. So I think this is a great time to get the Mike Zapsic backstory when this all started. What? When when my what started? My my whole comic book love? Yeah. I, I can't remember a time in my life when comic books, superheroes weren't a part of my life. So, I mean, Spider-Man, the, uh, the cartoon, you know, where he didn't have webs on his chest. Yeah. I remember that. I remember going to my grandmother's house and being like, I, I love Spider-Man. Well, I used to try to get my father to drive faster. It, it was a three-hour drive, and it was on at, five, it was on at 6 o'clock there to, uh, in Pennsylvania, 6 o'clock. And I was like, come on, Daddy, hurry up, drive faster. He's like, look, I'm not going to kill us. 
to get to watch Spider-Man. And not only that, but your grandfather is probably going to have control of the TV remote, which was me, actually, <laughs> back in the day. And uh, he's going to want to watch Lawrence Welk, not your Spider-Man stuff. So, but every once in a while, he would acquiesce and, you know, let me watch my Spider-Man. That's kind of similar yep. to me as a child with The Simpsons in Sundays at 8 o'clock every week. So I completely agree and sympathize. Absolutely. And comic books, that's how I learned how to read, was through comic books. I learned how to read at, like, God, fairly young age, at, like, four. Nice. Like, that's, yeah, I, was thinking wow. I was four years old, and, and I was uh, reading comic books, and then I, I started reading uh, The Hardly Boys and, you know, <laughs> Who, Mike, if you remember from that young age, your first um, comic book exposure, like what titles, what characters? Oh, God. Um, there were, mm, I'm trying to think, uh, World's Finest, with Batman and Superman, uh, uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, uh, Adventure Comics. I, I, I had a very soft spot in my heart for the, the Treasury Editions. Mm. Like the uh, Secret Origins of Supervillains, those huge books that were all reprints. And I was like, oh, God, I love these things. Yeah, th huge and thin and a dollar fifty or something like that. Two bucks. Yeah. And you could, you could put it out and it was like a play mat. Yeah, that's right. You, know, you open the thing up and you, you could roll around on top of it. It was amazing. You could put Play-Doh on that and get images off of that onto the Play-Doh. Oh, hell yeah, you could. <laughs> but yet, I mean... Um, Plato was kind I didn't of hard do that. to find. Oh. I did. Oh, I did constantly. Plato was hard to find around here. I used to have to send away for it. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I know. Hopefully you weren't one of so those kids I, that didn't like to, you know, nibble on it. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't one of those. Oh, one of the real nerds, the guys who eat glue and, and uh, <laughs> silly putty. Good. Uh -huh. No, that wasn't me. I'd, I'd send away for the comic books. The, that's, you know, the, that's how you used to have to get the Treasury edition, you have to send away for them. I don't know. I just got to say that in some cases, the, the prices of those Treasury editions are like crazy money now. They're insane. They're uh, they're like forty dollars, fifty. I think uh, the Superman versus Muhammad Ali goes for like one hundred and fifty to two hundred. That's the in, one. Uh, nice condition. Yeah. And the Amazing Spider-Man versus and here the very first crossover. Uh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man versus Superman. Mm -hmm. Um. The nineteen Okay, I was thinking 74 possibly, but it's sure. 76 no, because it was closer to no, the uh, 76. Movie. Um, oh, oh. That was that goes for uh 250 to 300 Yeesh. in in really nice condition. I actually went to a uh, gigantic flea market slash yard sale in Stormville, New York, and they actually had a copy of the second one where it's Doctor Doom and Purple Guy, I guess, as the villains. Yeah, Parasite. There we the go, Parasite. that guy, Purple, Purple Guy. guy. Mm -hmm. But. I, was, I saw that, and they wanted, I think, $60 for it. And I'm like, no, no can do. Hall and Oates. At a garage sale? It was, like, hey, pal, you know what? Garage sale, 2 bucks. Plus, I you know I get to fill up a bag for 5 bucks. <laughs> it was ridiculous, the ones that this vendor had, too. They had the uh, the Marvel superheroes metal lunchbox, the one that was on an episode of Comic Book Man where a man wanted to be have his ashes put into it. Okay. Yeah. And I saw that. I'm just like, I want that thing so bad. Not the one with the ashes. So, and not to no. put ashes in it either. I just, I just want the lunchbox. lunchbox yes, exactly. It's colorful too. It's got actually we have that at the not that actual one, but we have well we have that one, but not the one that the dude wanted to put his ashes in. We have that uh, lunchbox at a shared universe podcast studio. 
That's cool. Mm. Wait, yeah, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shared universe? What's shared universe? Oh. For the audience at home? <laughs> For the audience at home, Ming Chen and I uh, opened up a podcast studio so nerds like you and me can go and podcast. Wow. Look at that. How, how cool. Yeah, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. It's way cool. Junior. There. So, yeah, you can go to a shared universe or just Google us. The hell. It's good enough for old men. It's good enough for you. I love Google the lo- a shared universe if you want to find out more. I love getting back to the crossover stuff. Yeah. That, that purple guy, uh, the parasite, he's pretty cool. So, yeah, let's, let's jump right into that, shall we? I think we should. And, you know, there's, there's so many crossovers. And it's a shame that the crossovers nowadays are no longer happening, at least on the Marvel end, because Marvel. Marvel doesn't want their kids playing with the uh, neighbor kids at all. And it's, no, that's true. It's disheartening, although I've heard rumors from time to time, oh, it's going to change, something's going to happen, and then nothing happens. Flip side, you see Dynamite teaming up with DC, you see Boom teaming up with DC, you see IDW. I think IDW's done some stuff with DC. The Distinguished um, Competition does a lot of stuff. Yeah, they did. IDW did uh, Legion of Superheroes, Star Trek, and Green Lantern, Star Trek. And, of course, there's always DC teaming up with Dark Horse. And right now I think they're doing uh, Black Hammer with Justice League, which yes, kicking myself cool. that I didn't start with that first issue. But Well, eh. you know, on the thing of crossovers, and I guess maybe trying to bring in more of an audience, a purchasing audience, of course, I think that's what it in part, good part, comes down to. But are a lot of them, they don't do too well as far as, you know, sales that you know of, Mike? Oh, my God. Um, there are some that... that do suck the the uh, life out of the room, especially the image ones. Unfortunately, hmm. the DC image, and um, when Marvel did that whole uh, Heroes uh, Reborn thing, you know, when they had um, them on that pocket, un- they, they restarted their guys in the pocket pocket universe and had them meet up with um, God. Who was it? It was he. Was it Youngblood or was it? Uh, I think it was Youngblood. And I was like. Ah. But there are some that are so well done as to defy expectations. I mean, uh, Justice League Avengers, okay. Kurt Busiek and George Perez, yep. four-part prestige series. Uh, DC, they did two. Um, they they published two of the um, four the series, yep. and no, and Marvel published two of them. Right. So they, you, it was co-produced. Yeah, and like the so Marvel like, one. That is Awesome. Yeah, and the Marvel one, I believe, was Avengers JLA, and then the DC one yep. was JLA. Of course. Avengers, yeah. Which made sense, obviously. Yeah, but now my first um, crossover experience was, what, 1982 with the X-Men and Teen Titans. Oh, that was great. That yeah. was, um, and they would switch back the uh, the chores, the art chores and the writing chores uh, with whoever was, like, I guess, working on the book at the time. But it was... Uh, um, and it was supposed to be uh, Chris Claremont, who who did end up writing it, but it was supposed to be yeah. Chris Claremont and uh, Paul Smith. Huh. Oh, that art would have uh, been good. Dave Cockrum. It was, I think it might have been Dave Cockrum. And uh, Cockrum, um, he left the book, and uh, I, I forget what happened, but they, they grabbed Walt Simonson. Right, because he's yeah he's part of it, and if I could think, I got Simonson and Claremont to to autograph that. I think John Byrne may have had part of it. 
Or not. Uh, John Byrne John Byrne wasn't, because um, he had left the book in 1979. I think, he, yeah, he left Uncanny in 1979. He had a falling out with Chris Claremont because he thought that Claremont was, uh, it, it all had to do with, like, um, just the, the Marvel style of writing. Yeah. Because John Byrne went in there and he drew, uh, I don't know if you remember, um, X-Men, it was X-Men 140 before the, the Days of Future Past, and he drew this really cool picture of Colossus just ripping this trunk out of, a tree trunk out of the ground. Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. Did the narration say? Look, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Byrne was going like, I'm just going to make, make it look like, you know, because here's a guy who can, uh, you know, bench press 70 tons. And, um, you know, I'm going to have him ripping it out. And then it, it looked like it was a struggle, and, or uh, the words made it seem like it was a struggle to him. Mm. And um, Byrne got pissed off, and he's like, Claremont, you're such a hack. He's like, by Lenin's ghost, I will pull this free, or my, my steel heart will burst. And he's like, really? That's the kind of crap you put in, you know, for my beautiful pictures? See, what the hell's I, wrong with you? I love Claremont, but there are so many tropes with his writing style, especially the aspect I, of... I'm not the biggest uh, Claremont fan. I'm, I'm glad for his success. I'm glad he's able to cash so many checks now. I, I, um, I, his writing is really... It, it's. I swear to God, it, it's like you, you throw it into a cement mixer, just throw all these words, and they come out, and there you are. That's, that's the Chris Claremont school of writing. I mean, I'm sure he'll be like, you're a piece of crap, Mike Zapsack. <laughs> but, um, and he's also a curmudgeon. Because I was doing a, I um, moderated a panel for him at uh, one of the, the uh, cons. And he was just, I, I asked him a question. He was just being curmudgeonly. I'm like, wow, you're a curmudgeon, aren't you? <laughs> and he's, he's like, ah, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, never mind. So I'm maybe like, I'm brief... going to sit back and let you talk. My thing with uh, Claremont's writing, I I like the stuff, but the thing is there are so many, again, noticeable characteristics. Like when you mentioned that whole thing of Colossus pulling out the tree trunk, all I can think of is the narration. Colossus is going to pull out a tree trunk. Thought bubble. I'm going to pull out this tree trunk. Of course. (laughs) It's like it's (laughs) it's definite exposition and definitely pointing. Hey, take a look at this. You can see it, right? We'll we'll hammer it on home. That's what's happening. Of course. And not only that, but you can always tell what Colossus has been because of destruction follow. You know, that's, you know, you can always tell where Xavier's X-Men have been. You can always tell where, you know, that's like, really? How many times can you say that? Well, one of the thoughts that came to mind, Mike, when you said that Colossus can lift, you know, like 70 tons, I thought of the cover of, maybe it's a previous issue number, I can't narrow it down, but it said the trial of Colossus. Yeah, was, that was 122, where he's like Thank in you. that press. Damn, yes. that's impressive. That I'm sorry. That's like crushing them. Yep, exactly. So I'm old, too. I, don't, I was going to ask you, too, what, what do you mean, old? What, what is old? Like, what number are we talking about here or thereabouts? Well, how old am I? I'm just being In, self-effacing when, oh, I, when okay. I say old. I, I still think like an 18-year-old. It's horrible. Ah, there we go. Okay. Be careful with that. Yeah, because <laughs> I have like a 13-year-old son. I have, I have two sons, one's 13 and one's 16, and I'm like... Hey, guys, let's go out and have a catch. I'm like, wait a second. You know, when, when your body starts telling you that that ain't a good idea, you know? Uh, well, yeah, and okay. It starts, and your body starts to sound like Clint Eastwood, you know? <laughs> I don't think we're going to be doing that tonight, Mike. You know, it's like, oh, I guess I'm listening to the old Clint Eastwood body then. 
There you go. Okay. So I am I'm I'm willing. To, I have no uh, illusions. I mean, I stopped uh, you know greasing my hair for season six and seven. So um, I'm 51. So you actually you actually for me, did that makes. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, for me, if that's old, then 51's old. I don't think it's old at all. I've ended up giving you the nickname of the Silver Fox, by the way, ever since you started going gray, because it's a damn cool nickname. And Ah, uh, thank you. Silver, yeah. The Silver Zapsic. I like you to work. He just told me that before we called you, and I said, wait, isn't Silver Fox a character in the Marvel comics? You're thinking of Silver Sable. Sable. No, no. There's a gentleman with, um, I think, balding, but he has yeah, the lower, and the hair below the, you know, below the top of the head, uh, above the ears. That I thought was Silver Fox, or, or maybe a maybe a white mustache. I'm maybe sure. it's, maybe it's Jack of Farts. He did. Right? He had he had that old uh, Yosemite Sam mustache. Yeah. Hello, how are you? Yes, he was uh, like a, a European. It was in the uh, the Ron Friends uh, Spider-Man. It was it that was recent. Quite. I thought it was even older, but I don't, I'm not sure. No, well, Ron Friends, uh, Spider-Man, way back, okay. amazing. His run, and amazing. Okay. Before the uh, the black costume, so 83, 84. All right, there you go. So I didn't reckon. I'm slowly recognizing names that I'm not too familiar with, having read stuff monthly and 24 titles a month. But again, that was the 80s in my collecting heyday. And then also another character I thought of, I think, was, um, and he was mechanical, Silver Mane. Uh, yes, the, okay. he had those the tablets, the petrified tablets. Okay. That gave immortality or some stupid crap Tablet. like that. Wait, that sounds yeah, like Night at the uh, Museum. He was, he was Wilson Fisk's um, main competitor for being the kingpin of crime. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of silvers going on there. Yeah, okay. silver main, silver, Surfer. silver sable. Yeah. Surfer was silver the obvious. Surfer. Yeah. Silver samurai. Ooh, good one. Silver samurai. <laughs> Another one of my faves. As an action figure dork, I'm heavily and, into the uh, recent Marvel Legends that they're doing the retro style figures, and the Silver Samurai one looks so friggin' cool. I love that one. That was actually, in my opinion, that was the world's best um, crossover. <laughs> Written my, by curmudgeon himself, Chris Claremont. Huh? My, my, uh, Spider-Man and the not ready for prime time players. players yes. yes, issue 74, I think, of Marvel Team-Up. Why? Very I don't, good memory. I don't know. Just, just that number popped. Still only 35 cents, I suppose, was on that. And Stan Lee was the host of that episode of SNL. That's How, right, true believers. It would have been It would have been great. You just sound like W.C. Fields for a second. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Kids <laughs> like, <laughs> I like children. Uh, Medium well. <laughs> a little tickety. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't in full Stan mode, sorry. Transitioning. Yeah. Crossing over, if what, you will. How the hell do you... How the hell do you get into half stand, half WC field? Crossing mode? over. I was just going to beyond <laughs> territory unexplored. I don't know. These timelines are just so confusing. Because I'm old. I'm older than you. I'm the oldest one in this podcast. All right, so there. All right, uh, fine. That'll work. <laughs> Thanks, I think. See, now I want to see fan art of WC Field. WC, WC Lee. <laughs> That'd be great. I or guess. W Stanfield. Um, mm, okay. But my my thing is, in regards to, like, the crossovers, there's a lot of great ones, and there's a lot of stinkers. And I think when you oh go with a... God. Yeah, when you go with a stinker, you got to go with that first. That's, what's, that's what sticks. Okay, honestly. I don't know if this is a stinker, but I recently picked up a Catwoman-Vampirella crossover. Sorry to hear that. Ooh, uh, was that. Was it drawn by Jim Ballant, at least? Yes. Got it signed. Okay. Well, that's a nice idea. I think, I pay, I think um, cover price, I'm, five bucks maybe, and the autograph, boom, done. 
Did I'm you say boob? I'm pretty sure it was a oh. stinker. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that the... Um, what, what was Catwoman doing on Draculon? I have no idea. <laughs> we can get away. There's, That's it. Yeah, there's... Um, the only thing, you know, that whole sex sells... Yeah. That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have, like, random crossovers that... One of my all-time favorite Marvel crossovers... Because we're going to go with, like... Not, like, a stinker, because I really can't pick a bad crossover for myself, at least. But in terms of the gonzo bonkers style Archie meets the Punisher is still like hands down one of the strangest crossovers I've ever read and I can't get enough of it and I'm surprised there is a uh, one cover you see the uh, Punisher skull Archie mashup so you have like little uh, dots for the hair on the side and everything and oh I'm, yeah I've never seen that done as a t-shirt and I want to you know make a bootleg shirt of that just for myself at least no, why yeah. I'm pl- I mean, that's, that's what the internet's for hell yeah <laughs> And yeah, what was your reaction when you when you heard about that story for the first time? Both of you. Oh, Archie Punisher. Yeah, I'm like, this is a, a this is going to be badass, and I was not <laughs> disappointed. I mean, this is it was played for, um, it was played seriously ridiculous. You know, it was that was that's what they were going for, and I think they captured what they were they were looking to do very very well. I think that was well past my collecting prime, and I saw it, and I said, yeah, no, I'm just going to let that, oh, let that no, go. You... Same thing when, when um, Archie went um, Hawaiian. morbid, I think, and it was either not so much death of, but maybe they were like Archie zombie-ish type of a thing yeah, going af- on. Afterlife oh, the with Archie. Afterlife with Archie? Yeah. That, I, I will um, recommend that to people who are like, you know what, I, I used to love Archie, but, you know, it got too silly for me. It's like, all right, well then, uh, how about this and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? They're both fantastic reads. Hmm. If you get a chance, I heartily recommend. Make a note. Put yeah. it on the list. Yeah, and it's and it's easy to collect uh, Afterlife with Archie, especially in terms of singles, because let's be honest, that book is on hiatus so many times. So many oh my times. god, yes, it, <sighs> it's yeah, and they be thank God that they republish. You know, they they re uh, redo all the the issues. And there's one, actually, there's one crossover that I want to throw out there, that uh, amazing, uh, do you, Ed, Eddie, you're going to remember this one, mm-hmm. Amazing Heroes. Yes. In your heyday. You were picking it up, I'm sure. Uh, several issues I have. Yeah, a handful of those. I'm going to surprise Amazing me. Heroes was, um, Peter, for you, because you're a youngster. Uh, they I, before we had the internet, we had magazines that told us what was coming out. Yep. And, you know, featured what, who's going on to what new title and what's coming this way. And they would always have every quarter, they had like a preview issue mm-hmm. that would tell you what's coming out and what, what's going to be, you know, um, like the, the kick-ass stuff coming out for the, like the next three months. And they did an April Fool's um, issue. And this, they announced a title that got me so damn excited. I was I was like in seventh heaven. Willy Wonka and the Agents of Thunder. Huh. Okay. I honestly, Mike, I don't know why, and I might not have been into the as many as much collecting per month as I had been, or into too many titles yet. So it wasn't appealing to me. Maybe if I saw something, some character that was on the cover, I was like, oh yeah, I got to get this or read about this. But I wasn't looking to find out what everybody was doing and, and that kind of thing. And that's what got me out of. 
collecting because stories were crossing over and the prices of the comic books were going up and Don't cross you know the streams exactly and so i started cutting back this is like 1993 or whatever so t- tapering down but the other thing on amazing heroes i do remember or hearing about is um a lot of people sources are now looking to that publication as hey there's first appearances here so choom, the value is going up on those things yeah you're yeah, yeah you can yeah you can you can um uh... From what I understand, I mean, we don't have any at the the stash, so that's we don't. I don't dabble in that. And they're not hard to find people. either. I mean, if you want to, you know, get into the more periodical aspect of comic books, I suppose you would, you know, seek those out. And we know one store in, in our area that has has some uh, somewhat of a surprising collection of them around, and uh, you know, you get them cheap, that kind of thing. Um, hey, tell them to give me a call. They've got that April Fool's one because I can't <laughs> find it anywhere. It was it was Willy Wonka, and he he uh, was pissed at himself for giving this thing to Charlie because because Charlie turned out to be kind of a scumbag, and uh, he's abusing the the little Oompa Loompas, <laughs> and so he hires the agents of Thunder to help him, uh, you know, uh, you know, take out uh, Charlie. And and I do remember there being at least in Marvel, I don't know about DC, that sp- sporadically, intermittently, they would put out. A totally goofy, spoofy, silly—not the—not the mag, not the comic book from the '70s spoof, or you know, all those that were out then. But once in a while, it would just be a total, total gag of a of a comic, just because, I guess. Now you guys. Oh are... yeah, like the uh, the no prize book. Yeah. And mm-hmm. generic man. Yeah, the generic comic book, right? That was all the white cover right. with black letters, or whatever. Yeah. And they also had. Um, um, Obnoxio the clown. What? I'm sorry, Marvel put out What The. What The, yes, that's another one. Mm-hmm. I have a few issues of that, especially for like the Jim Lee art that's randomly in there. Yeah. Byrne did a, an entire, um, like, Fantastic, the Fantastic Four meets Superman, and it was actually quite quite amusing. Not to be confused with the, the large graphic novel, Superman Fantastic Four. No, not that one, which no. was another crossover, yep, which yep. Uh, Galactus... Supposedly destroyed Krypton. <laughs> well, good for him. I'm proud of him. He made the yeah, cover. I know. Yeah. He's, it's, yeah, yeah. I just pulled that yeah, recently that for a signature. Dan Jurgens, I believe. Yes, Dan Jurgens and um, Art. Uh, Art. Alex Ross uh, did the cover. Yeah, I love that mm-hmm. Alex Ross okay. cover. Mm-hmm. Yes. But real quick, you mentioned earlier that uh, Willy Wonka with the Oompa Loompas, and on the topic of little people. There is a comic book that was actually the very first ever crossover between Marvel and DC, according to my research. It was with the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm, with the Lollipop Guild. So yes, sir. It's one of those. No one really knew that, and you know, you look back on it now, like, oh wow, that was that was the first. And you would think yeah. it would be like the characters, like you know, the superheroes or like well, somebody. That, that was revealed on an episode of Comic Book Ben, wasn't it? Yes. It exactly. was, it and was then, the very first crossover. And I saw, I said, wait a minute, I think I have. And I looked and I said, oh, no, it's not. I have a Wizard of Oz, but it's not saying Marvel and DC across the top banner. Ah, oh, so sorry. So it's a little different than that. And I, and I only paid, I don't know, $7 for it, I suppose. I love Eddie's war stories of, and I paid $7. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love that, too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's, it was a good deal, I thought. I'm proud of you, Eddie. <laughs> who, see, you know, you're voting, too. Now, who'd have thought that these little characters would become such a delicious pastry treat, munchkins? Yeah, see? 
<laughs> right, which he's, came first? He's a little character. I think I, that... I like how you were uh, politically correct. Trying. <laughs> now, also, for myself, my introduction to the crossovers didn't come until 1996 with the Marvel versus DC event. And I remember going to this uh, supermarket chain. It was like a department store slash supermarket called Lloyd's in Middletown, New York, before they closed it down, tore it down, and now it's a shop right in a bank in a former Hollywood video. But I digress. Yeah, you That do. was not really that useful for the story. But what they had was Marvel vs. DC number three, and I picked that up, newsstand edition, yada, yada, yada. And I remember just looking at the cover and being like, wow, Superman's fighting the Hulk. There's Superboy. You see, I think, Jubilee, Robin, all these characters. And I... As a kid reading that, you know, I had no idea what had happened beforehand, and I never got to read issue four until almost 20 years later because I never ended up getting those issues until, like, you know, years and years down the line. And oh, my God, Peter, that's, that's, there's no follow-through there. There really wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of a sad story. Yeah. Oh, my God. Life happens, I guess. Maybe that's what I eventually put I eventually the 20 years it. in there. But what I was going to add to, and, and I might know the answer to this, but I just need to ask the question is, what makes a newsstand edition more valuable than the other edition that comes out in a comic book in general? Direct market. Uh, yeah, the direct market, it's just, it's harder to get the newsstand because it was on one of those spinning racks and the, the guys who, um, who, are, who are backing them yeah. didn't give rats ass one. I mean, you know, a, a wage slave over at 7-Eleven is like putting them out and he's like, yeah, I'll make more of these fit in here. And they would get completely destroyed. And so I thought it might have to do with limited. They they weren't as many printed. I don't know. That's that's uh, true. No, well, uh, I no. I think that the newsstand back in the day they did do um, a pretty hefty number because a lot of them got destroyed because they would strip the uh, the covers. Yeah, and that I remember seeing in a barbershop with coverless comic book, just you know, just to read or whatever. Absolutely, barbershops yeah. were key for coverless comics. Yeah. When I got back into comics in 2011, I actually got a newsstand edition of Deadpool. It's the, uh, I, I want to say it's 37 or 38 from the 2008 run. And it's wow, Deadpool. Wow, very nice. Yeah, and like that's one of the little, uh, my favorite things that I own in my collection because one, that was what got me back in. It's the issue where uh, Deadpool is shoving a gun into uh, the Hulk's mouth. And this is the whole storyline where Hulk's, or Deadpool's trying to kill himself. And what better way to go out than have the Hulk kill you? And Dardrew. Like, that's one of those little things is that I, when I look at the cover and I see Newsstand Edition, I'm like, huh, you don't see that many of these anymore. And I don't even think Marvel does those anymore. Uh, no, they, they really don't. And, but listen, gentlemen, I apologize. Uh, I am right now being told I am running late for something. Uh-oh. So I, I apologize. I would love to, to keep this going. Part is two, Mike Zapsik. Uh, a, uh, a crossover part two. There you go. Say Sounds good. in a month. Hey, why not? That well, would be fantastic. You heard it here first, people. Mike Zapsik yeah. to be continued. A month, from, a month from today. And we'll talk about my very favorite crossover. Excellent. What a way to end. That's cool. It's like a cross. Like I a, like this. A cliffhanger, kind of. That's exactly right. I'm damn straight, boys. So before, That's how we do it in where, wherever the hell I am right now. New Jersey? Somewhere lost in Jersey, I guess. Oh, God. That's right. Thanks I'm a for Jer depressing me, Peter. I'm a Jersey boy, too. I lived in Bergen County for quite a number of years after coming from the Bronx. Mike, well, good deal. 
Yeah. Mike, before we let you go, how can people get a hold of you on social media and how can they hear you on the Please podcast? don't. Please don't try to get a hold of me. Oh, my God. I get people like Peter calling me every day. He doesn't Hello. like, he doesn't he like people every, handing him things like Tony Stank. I'm kidding. Um, you can go on to uh, I'm, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Michael Zapsick. Uh, you can check out uh, my various wanderings at a shared universe. Uh, Google shared universe, a shared universe. Uh, Ming and I have a couple of podcasts out there, and uh, we also have a podcast network that we're quite proud of. And you might find anything that you, if you're interested in something, we probably have it on there. So, but boys, thank you so much for having me on, Eddie, Peter, Peter. Thank you so much for for being persistent. I try. Lord All knows right, I try. We, we will continue this conversation. Excellent. To be continued. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Mike Zapsick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Excelsior.